Hey yo, say hello to the back Scott Hall. Hey, this is Olympic gold medalist Kurt Angle from TNA. Oh, it's real. It's damn real. Hi, this is Booker T, the five-top WCW champion. And you listen to SNS Radio Network. Yo, monkeys, it's me, P-P-P, the king of Adabim, the master of the diamond cutter, the three-time, three-time, three-time world champion. Stay tuned or you will feel bad. Hey, you listen on the SNS Network. And that's the bottom line. The Stone Cold Setro. The world is listening. Welcome to the Whole Indie Show, your home for your weekly slice of indie goodness. So it's natural that I ask myself, is this a risk I'm willing to take? And the answer, absolutely. If you know something about me, you know that I am trying to change the wave of the future. Jesus, what is We need Innocence once lost can never be regained. Darkness, once gazed upon, can never be lost. All things truly wicked start from innocence. Because I want to see you, see me, smash up. Come and play. What I want is Brian Danielson's head on a stick. This is my challenge to everybody on the independent scene, and that's to thrive. Thrive to be the best in the world. With your hosts, Sandro Latelpa. Randy McWilliams. I'm just trying to say, <laughs> see ya. Go ahead, say something. And Ashley Richardson. Now, I'll tell you one thing. I knew we'd throw the fucking roof on. <laughs> And welcome everybody, yeah, you, you thought you could get rid of us for Christmas, but indie wrestling never takes breaks, apparently, so welcome to the whole indie show, this is Ashley, uh, as ever, joined by uh, one of my co-hosts, Sandro, how have you been this week, Sandro? Uh, Stuffed? Uh, doing pretty good, um, got some new clothes uh, for Christmas, which is cool, and uh, for some reason I, I was feeling nostalgic, and uh, I guess I decided to play some old Game Boy games, and I managed to find one of my uh, Pokemon Gold games, so I decided to play that for a bit. I feel nostalgic. See, now I want that cartridge. Because <laughs> my Game my Game Boy collection is five games. <laughs> I want, yeah, one of them is a fellow. It's like, yeah, I'm seriously grasping. But then again, I'm getting them for only about a dollar each, so I think that's a bonus. <laughs> and uh, making his return... Uh, amazingly, I think we uh, found him behind the Christmas tree. Uh, weirdly, with Pasquale, the Italian chef. Um, 
Randy McWilliams. Holy Randy, shit. how you doing? Um, doing good. Just recovering from this wine or whatever. I don't know how they found me under this Christmas tree, but I guess that's. What Can that you means. confirm or deny that you may have had a hand in killing Santa Claus? Um, uh, maybe, <laughs> maybe not. I don't. No, I don't necessarily want to be the one to take credit for it because, of course, I ruined all these little kids' dreams and all that. But then again, if I did take credit, I'd be like the guy who killed Santa Claus, or I guess. In this case, the man who, oh no, some shit. I was about to make it the man who shot Liberty Balance joke that nobody would have gotten except me. So I'm definitely drunk off the wine and stuff. Like oh, all right, I could have done my Jimmy Stewart impression. <laughs> <laughs> well, Clarence. John Wayne. <laughs> right, uh, Let's jump. Let's jump into serious matters rather than whatever the hell we just talked about. By the way, uh, yeah, Stew's Kitchen episode forty nine. Um, history is made. Uh, I'll leave it at that. Uh, speaking of history as well, uh, the continuing exploits of AJ Styles. Uh, this week, DJ Hyde of uh, CCW announced that their fifteenth anniversary show coming up. Is it February or March? It's February. <clears throat> February, AJ Styles is going to be on the card. Mm-hmm. Do we know against who, or is it just? No, it's not. Be, it's not yet been confirmed who he who he's facing, but he will be at the fifteenth uh, anniversary show, which is also a double header with the first show of the year for WSU. Okay, Jessica Havoc. Don't steal any moves from AJ. Just because you've got the back catalogue of Sammy. Come on. Well, she did beat Sammy Callahan. What makes you think she can't beat AJ Styles? And if that's the match, highly doubt it, but that'd be nice. <laughs> that'd be a swerve. Yeah. And knowing, and knowing what the internet is like, that's going to happen. The match I'd say I want to see the most, I'd say, is AJ and AR Fox. Well, that match is happening, but it's going to take place on the March show for season. Oh, uh, all right. So it looks like AJ, how about AJ Fox? Awesome. How about uh, Ricochet versus AJ? Well, Ricochet hasn't worked for ZTW in quite some time. Maybe it could happen. I don't know. I was about to say that too, and also the fact that he might be working Dragon Gate around that time. So, yeah. Hey, why not just put? Drew Gulak, that's what's the challenge. Yeah, that'd be an interesting. The same, they're roughly the same size. So. But I think you might want to save Gulak and Masada for the anniversary show. Although, or do you mm. want to beat on Masada? I don't know. That's true. Now, uh, NXT. Uh, we'll bring it up now. Uh, the first thing before we sort of talk about uh, brief thoughts on the 200th episode, which was a pretty good one. Um, NXT has got rid of one of their talents. And uh, most people probably didn't notice it because he hasn't been on TV in months. And that is Richie Steamboat. Mm-hmm. Uh, his contract has expired and... Uh, I guess it's interesting that uh, he's second generation and nobody noticed. 
Whereas, it kind of, I guess this must have happened around the same time as this whole Chris Hero thing, and everybody went crazy. Well, the thing is, uh, Steamboat was injured uh, for quite some ah. time, and that's what led him, you know, off not only on television but also on the house shows. And we really haven't heard anything since then uh, until this news that he was released. Um, I'm kind of surprised that he did get released, but I guess. Uh, the people at WWE were worried that <clears throat> this injury could take could take even longer. They probably didn't know how long he would be back. And I guess they just wanted to make some cuts and just release him. Yeah. So, kind of a shame, but I think he's got enough pedigree and everything to probably do at least some sort of career on the indie scene if he does want to stay in wrestling. Yeah, he can bounce back. He had... What I did see him in developmental, I was <clears throat> he was one of those, uh, for a long time, I think a lot of people were thinking he was going to be the next guy to break out, especially like around the time him and Rollins, like they were a tag team for uh, a little while, actually tag team champions back in the old days. Mm. Yeah. So we'll quickly transfer to sort of, the reason why we're talking about this NXT 200 is pretty much because... Uh, it features the American Pitbull's uh, appearance. And also, because practically everybody else on the card, uh, with a few exceptions, has been significant indie talent from the past two years. Pretty much all of them that were on that whole show. From them. Apart from Bo Dallas. Oh yeah, apart from Bo Dallas. But in at least one in every match, there is at least one. And Tyra Banks. <laughs> oh, yeah, Sasha. Who? Actually, she was in the Indies, but I never really heard of her too much. I think she was. Mercedes KB was her name. No, I, I'm using Tyler. Uh, I'm, I'm using Tyler. I'm using Tyler Blank. I'm using Tyler Banks for a reason. Uh, anyway, um, so yeah, Sami Zayn, Tyson Kidd versus Leo Kruger and Antonio Cesaro. Um, what I loved about the fact about that match is nobody was American. It was Canada and Canada versus Switzerland and South Africa. So if your country starts with a C or an S, you're okay. So uh, I was secretly hoping for Comoros and South Sudan, but given the current political situation, I think South Sudan was out of the question. Yeah, I brought politics into it. That's weird. Um, No. uh, So then we come on to, yeah, the one I want to bring up. Sasha Banks versus Paige. This clearly was a match where Paige made the other person look good because when Sasha Banks' first offensive move was something that Jenna Maraska used, you know you're in trouble. I mean, no, Sasha Banks, a chick who, you know, she just reminds me of a hookup because she knows how to slap people up and she also knows how to mount somebody. Damn. <laughs> That's all I really saw from her in that match. Also doing a drop kick to Summer Rae. I, I don't know how that relates to a hooker. I ain't seen hookers be that violent. But uh, <laughs> okay. really, it was a, really, it was a page carrying it <laughs> for most of it. Okay. Well, um, I don't know about the comments you made about Sasha Banks. I mean, I'm not saying she's, a, she's the best worker or anything, but... I don't know. I'm kind of liking her gimmick, you know, saying she's the boss of NXT and whatnot. I mean, I don't mind it, but 
The one that's the boss is that Russian woman. Oh, Anya? Yeah. yeah. That Russian woman that's uh, the representative for Alexander Ruslev, it's, it's seriously a case of, okay, I believe everything she says. Yeah. I gotta say, seeing that promo, she meant fucking business there. <laughs> bring bring oh, back yeah. communism. <laughs> Might already be creeping back. Sochi, anyone? Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> At least um, the members of Pussy Riot got out. Not that that really meant much, because they were about to get out anyway. And they'll be and they'll be put back in in uh, straight after the Olympics. <laughs> um. So Ascension versus American Pitbulls. Um. One thing to note: Davy Richards was called Derek Billington. Notice the reference there. Yep. Of course. <laughs> well, in, in case in case you don't. This is something that I haven't done in a while, and it's probably because Randy's here. <laughs> Holy shit, there's a paperclip here. <laughs> Dynamite Kid's real name is... Um, I can't remember. Tom it's Billington. Billington. Tom Billington, there you go. So, uh, I don't know where we got Derek from. Perhaps Derek Nimmo. I don't know. Um, but uh, Eddie Edwards was John Cahill. Which yeah, sounds like the name of somebody from Westworld. Not Westworld, Waterworld. Kevin Costner, not your Brenner. Yeah. It's like I, I'll need futuristic robots in a Western setting. I need just the whole whole world full of water. <laughs> hey, perhaps they're water resistant. I don't know. Um, I you see. I with the one thing that we need to talk about, obviously, with that match is the botch, oh, which nearly yeah. paralyzed Davy. Mm-hmm. Had he not put his hands up. Yeah, he went. Yeah. <clears throat> the question is, is it Ascension's fault or is it Davy's fault? Uh, to be honest, I, I probably would have said it was Davy's fault because uh, Davy is not used to wrestling guys that are more taller than him. I mean, he's used, yeah. he used to wrestle guys that are similar to him as far as height goes. So obviously, this would be something different for both Eddie and Davey uh, on this taping. And I guess he he leaped over too far and just went too quick and almost seriously injured himself. But thank goodness that wasn't the case. Uh, as far as the match goes, I actually enjoyed it. I was actually kind of surprised because the, the Pitbulls actually got some offense in, in an Ascension match, which usually doesn't happen. So yeah, they got they got in some good moves, and obviously, the Orlando crowd knew who they were. You obviously heard, a, you know, Davy Richard chance as well as Eddie chance. So they knew who who and they the were. The how, the how. Yeah, I, I thought to myself, uh, I don't think you should do that because, well, normally dogs don't do that. But then again, they kind of do whenever they look at the full moon. Pitbulls how? Yeah, that's what I said. Dogs how. When they get neutered. Um, <laughs> I, I just love the fact that Ascension's finishing move is total annihilation. Easy dub, all the way. <laughs> you mean total elimination? Total elimination, total annihilation. It's something that's total. Yeah. And no, it's nothing to do with fuel. Um, well, that's total, <laughs> pronounced different. And then the NXT Championship Lumberjack match. Bo Dallas versus um, 
The man that gravity forgot, Pack. I mean, Adrian Neville. I love the fact that they still use his indie tagline. <laughs> Good match. I just... I'm kind of worried about Tyler Breeze and the fact that he's going to get nowhere because he looks too much like Dolph Ziggler. So people think he's the same person, so he's never going to get a push. Um, I beg to differ with that because a lot of the crowd is very... Uh, Breeze is over with the crowd because if you notice when Neville so Ziggler but he's got some problem with people backstage at well, least, clearly then again Ziggler did kind of uh, uh, run his mouth a bit on things he should have said although he was probably justified in what he said considering the promotion he's in kind of can't say talk shit about the company you're working for nor should you do that for any company but mm. he kind of put himself there although it sucks but with, uh, but with Breeze though, uh, it was weird because like when Neville did uh, slap him, like a lot of the crowd started. I would say a lot of the crowd, but a, a good portion of the crowd started kind of boo Neville there, even though he was pretty much the fan favorite there. It's because he's from Newcastle, England. I guess people don't like Newcastle. <laughs> they like people from Norwich, like Paige. Yeah, Newcastle. Nah. <laughs> okay. Um, first off. <clears throat> I kind of disagree with what you said about Tyler Breeze. I think, to me, I, I think he could get over it when, if he makes it a main roster. Now, granted, he's not going to be like a top guy. He's just going to be a mid-card at best. But he's going to yeah. get over as a heel. And he might get over, hopefully, as good as he does at the Orlando crowd. But aside from that, uh, the match itself, uh, I, I thought it was a pretty solid match between uh, both Dallas and uh, Adrian Noble. Pretty good back and forth. And you pretty much thought that Neville would have gotten the win, you know, had Breeze had it in the field in the match. But it happened. Now, before we move on, you kind of missed out one important thing from that uh, recap, Ash. And that... I'm trying to think which one. Is it the Diva one or is it the. <laughs> well, I'm going to say, hang on. The return of Enzo Amore. Oh, yes. And I was so happy to see him back on television. Not only that, but um, he's still doing what he does. I love this character. It's just great. And the crowd loves it as well. Uh, even more surprising, uh, when they had an, um, I don't want to say altercation, but uh, I guess they got face-to-face with uh, Aiden English, who I'm also a big fan of. And I was under the impression that we were going to have this segment on that episode, but that it didn't happen. So I don't know if it's going to take place on next year's episode or the one that just got released this week. I haven't seen it yet. But I believe the one, at least from the edit that I saw, it's like a NXT recap sort of a, of a year. But yeah, it's going that. to feature the uh, Regal versus Cesaro, definitely. Yeah, I got to check that one out. But... Yeah, I was very happy to see Enzo Amore back on television. And even more surprising to see him in a segment with Aiden English. So it was good to see those two in one segment. I enjoyed it. It'll be, inter- it'll be interesting to see if we can review NXT in 12 months' time again, <laughs> just to see which other indie stars are now in there and taking over the world. <laughs> well, you never know. D- Davey and Eddie could be that, except actually on the roster. Yeah. I mean, if there's something important, we'll definitely mention it here on this podcast. I'll say that right now. 
Yeah. Definitely. Um, something major as well with a former NXT talent. Chris Hero will be as part of the WWN live experience of uh, the New Orleans WrestleMania weekend. On the 3rd of April, I believe it is, he's going to be on the Evolve show. On the 4th, he's going to be part of the Wrestling Odyssey, which is sort of the uh, the smorgasbord of everyone. And he's on the Dragon Gate USA show, I think. Is it the 4th and the 5th? Well, he's on both shows, so I haven't checked the calendar, but yes. Yeah. He's going to be so really busy. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, Dragon Gate USA is in the evening, and the Wrestling Odyssey is on the afternoon on the 4th, and the 5th will be Dragon Gate as well. Okay. So Chris Hero and the Young Bucks. That's already got interesting. (laughs) And continuing on from there, um, with announcements from uh, WWN Live, uh, Shine 16, next month we'll see the... I think it's the debut, or is it the return of uh, Serena Deeb? I think it's the debut because she was in Shimmer for a couple of shows. Yeah, I'm pretty sure it's the debut. Yeah, it's it's her it's her debut in Shine. Cool. So who who she'll be facing? It's, I'm not sure. Could should be an interesting one though. Well, yeah, I'm saying that again too much. Well, knowing that it is WWE Live, maybe we might see the feud continue between her and Jessica Havoc. I think Havoc's got enough on her plate with. Uh, um, that is true. AK forty-seven. Yeah, but you never know. Yeah, true. But do they? If they do, do they turn Serena to heel? Hmm. That is a good point. Which is weird, because then if they fought in Shimmer, it would be the other way around. Yeah. <laughs> well, we'll have to wait and see. Um, i got to say, Shine is quickly turning into a bit of a bizarro world in terms of Shimmer and the other promotions that they're aligned with, especially back at... I hope I don't get this wrong. I think it was Shine 13 when it was the whole Ivalice, Sue Young, and then Christina Von Eri kind of... I think it's more Sue Young and Christina Von Eri, but that whole ordeal since Sue Young plays the heel assistant to the premier athlete Anthony Nice, and then the events that happened at Ball Twenty Three, and I think, oh yeah, and uh, Sue Young attacked Christina Von Eri with her heel at a I think a DG USA show, if I'm not mistaken. Nothing ever makes sense. Yeah. This is indie <laughs> wrestling. This is indie wrestling. Nothing ever makes sense. So. Um, now run down quickly of the matches announced so far for the triple header of Evolve shows happening in uh, Florida. So Evolve 25 on January the 10th, we've got uh, the first of the Hero run, Runs the Gauntlet matches with uh, Chris Hero taking on Ricochet. Uh, Johnny Gagano will team up with the Bravado Brothers to take on Rich Swan and the Young Bucks. Yes, the Young Bucks are faces. I think this is the first time they've been faces in any company for years. Um, yeah. Well, they had to. Well, they had to do that by default since what happened at the yeah. Freedom Fight show. Yeah, true. Um, the FIP title will also be on the line because, um, as they're down in Florida, it's going to be an FIP showcase. Uh, Trent Barretta will defend against Tony Nice. 
which is understandable considering uh, Nice, I think, is number one contender. So, And then Roderick Strong will take on Uha Nation for the number one contendership to the Evolve title match. And later that night, we'll take on AR Fox for the said Evolve title. Dramatic. Dun, 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 dun. Or something. I don't know. So, Mike, uh, Evolve 26 the next night from Orlando, Florida. I really hope there's a TNA show that night, and I hope it sells it out. Um, we've got a special attraction match of Maxwell Chicago taking on Chuck Taylor. Uh... The match, which has no hype needed, apparently, but we're going to hype it anyway, of uh, Ricochet versus Trent Beretta. Chris Hero has his second gauntlet match against Tony Nese. And the main event will be Roderick Strong and Rich Swan uh, defending their FIP tag titles against the Young Bucks. Which is... It's a pretty weird mix because have the other team had their have the was it the Bravados? Have they had their rematch for the FIP belt? Uh, I don't think so. So I don't, hmm, that's a bit it's a bit of a swerve. Uh, but then Evolve twenty seven. Uh, we're going to have a tag team challenge match with AR Fox and Ricochet teaming up to take on Tony Nese. <laughs> And a yet-to-be-announced teammate. Uh, Rich Swan will take on John Davis. Chris Hero's final gauntlet match is going to be against Chuck Taylor. Hilarity ensues. That's all I'm saying about that. And the main event, which apparently is non-title, but I'm just thinking it could be title for title if they wanted to really uh, hype it up. Johnny Gagano versus Roderick Strong. That, of course, if Roderick Strong wins the Evolve title. Mm. Which is also uh, the rematch from their recent encounter back at uh, PWG's Matt Rushman. Mm-hmm. Which is a pretty damn good match, as uh, we'd already talked about. And I don't know why I talked it. I don't know why I said it like that. Anyway. <laughs> Uh, more announcements coming through this week. Uh, kind of some not good news. Josh Alexander uh, isn't fit to wrestle this week for his uh, match with Elgin, which was set to be a two out of three falls match. So that is now cancelled. Probably for the next show that AIW will be doing, which is obviously going to be next year. So I doubt they're going to do an impromptu show before the end of the year. They're not going to do a WWE Beware of Dog 2. I think. They'll do it next year at some point. Yeah. Unless the power shuts off on them throughout the whole show with the exception of the main event in the first match. Yeah, you never know. Uh, but AIW did announce this week as well uh, the next set of Girls' Night Out tapings uh, happening on the 29th of March, which is going to be a Saturday. So those of you thinking it will clash with something to do with sports on a Sunday, it won't. I don't know if there's any sports happening there. Possibly basketball. <laughs> That's plus, about it. <clears throat> plus, it's also going to be a doubleheader, so you're going to have two tapings. 
Yeah, back to back to back or something. I am disappointed though that there is no sign of uh, Nikki Storm. Uh, well, on you the never poster. Know. On the poster. We want Nikki Storm. Uh, next up, uh, following their All Star weekend, which we'll get to the results uh, in a few minutes, PWG has announced the next show is going to be 31st of January. And as people thought it would be, it's the annual DDT4 Ooh. coming. And uh, yeah, well, firstly, go through the non tournament matches. Uh, Roderick Strong will take on Tommaso Ciampa. And Chris Hero, Johnny Gagano, Drake Younger, and Kylo Riley are going to be in a four way, the winner of which will get a PWG world title shot. At a future show down the line. So, you know, even at the minute, I can't really pick which one of them will go, go because that's strong. Uh, but uh, PWG has also announced that all eight teams that will be participating in uh, DDT4, uh, which is going to be Candice LeRae and Joey Ryan, uh, the unbreakable effing machines of... Brian Cage and Michael Elgin, the Rockness Monsters of Johnny Yuma and Johnny Goodtime, PP Ray of Pretty Peter Avalon and Ray Rojas, the Innocent Machine Guns, just please, um, (laughs) (laughs) Innocent Machine Guns of Ricochet and Rich Swan, AR Fox and ACH. Whoa, that's a combo. Uh, The best friends of Chuck Taylor and Trent. And Mount Rushmore, but not who you'd expect. Yeah, it's the other two guys, Steen and Cole, teaming up. Now, of course, if they win DDT4, does that mean it's Mount Rushmore versus Mount Rushmore for the tag belt? Pretty much. It could could be awkward. It could happen, but um, they have already announced uh, the first round matches for the show and I'll quickly run them over uh, first match that was announced is the inner city machine guns to take on AR Fox at ACH oh man Second where's match- the all night long button um- <laughs> second match will take place with the best friends to take on the rockness monsters next match is the unbreakable fucking machines to take on PP Ray and oh, the last match, which is very interesting, will be Matt Rushmore to take on Candice LeRae and Joey Ryan. Yeah, that's... See, look, just looking at that, PP Ray are fucked. <laughs> and of course, the tickets will go on sale Thursday, January 2nd at 8 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. So mark that on your calendars. So your yeah, next Thursday. Or this coming Thursday, should I say. Because I'm in the past, in the future, in the future past. X-Men. No. um, So, next up, we might as well discuss this. The new Ashes video, Mm. uh, which really was a swerve in about 59 different ways. One, it's already awesome. It's already awesome because they're they're at a bar called the Fujiwara Arm, 
<laughs> Which is genius in itself, but uh, Soldier Ant and Fire Ant were at the... Well, actually, it starts with Green Ant and Fire. Icarus calling up Blind Rage. Yep. And not being interested. And then I saw Ultraman is Black, and I thought... Okay, shit's going down. Ultramantis Black is here. He's apparently the guy that's caused everything. If if you believe in all the conspiracies and everything. So then it, it really becomes sort of a bitter discussion between Green Ant and uh, Ultramantis about where Soldier Ant and if if your if your assailant is so loyal, why isn't he with you anymore? And uh, Yost behind the bar is it looks like it's going to get troublesome. And uh, oh, who else was there? Was it Billy Kumahara and um, Amasis? Yeah, Amasis there trying to break him up. And this and Ultramantis is like, are you going to say? You know, are you going to admit what uh, you wanted to all along? And then all of a sudden, there's a big smack on the bar. And Fire Ant fucking speaks and says, I don't trust him either. And he's like, this is the person that has never said anything in the history of Shikara. I've heard he said some stuff, but even then, from as much as I've watched, up until that Ashes video, I had never heard Fire Ant talk. But there is an extra bonus. Um looking ahead to see whether there was any more announcements about the new video uh, as of recording they just put up another sort of tease which is uh, one door opens the tagline for it and it's this door being opened you can't see who it is that's opened it but then there's this voice which I can't work out who possibly Quack, possibly Icarus I'm not sure but it's just saying, you know, it is polite to knock. Mm. So that's probably angling towards your next video. What this video was missing, though, is uh, 3.0 staring straight at camera for no reason. Mm. <laughs> I still can't get over that from last time. Where in the world is Archibald Peck? Ding! Um. <laughs> I, I got to say, uh, I actually enjoy uh, this video that they did. Uh, knowing that uh, the Chikara referee, Dan Yost, uh, I guess was being bartender here, was kind of hilarious. And <clears throat> I, really, I really enjoyed the interaction with uh, Green Ant and Ultramantis. Uh, basically, Mantis asking, you know, where's your third member? And, you know, you had uh, the colony asking where, if they've seen Soldier at, and that whole scenario there. So it's uh, really interesting to see uh, where they go from here as far as that storyline goes, because if you notice, when they came in the bar, Green Ant had the box of, we're assuming, that Worker Ant gave him. So I'm mm-hmm. just wondering if that's going to come to play in future videos. Uh, more than likely. If, it, if it's anything like um, the, like the Sherlock Seas, which I'll talk more about on Sticks and Flicks later this week, the reason that it, it specifically showed you what was inside the box in the one scene, and they clearly did that just because that's going to become pivotal. So the fact that the box was actually there and it wasn't just them looking in for Soldier Ant, 
means... It, it could be like seven. What's in the box? Oh, wait. It's Gwyneth Paltrow's severed head. Um, <laughs> spoilers! <laughs> spoilers! Oh, wow. shit. <laughs> God damn. Oh. There'll be some people making jokes about why doesn't Chris Martin do that all the time. <laughs> <laughs> um. Oh, yeah, anyway, or, moving on to lighter things, or it could be uh, just some golden aura coming out that you never find out what it is. To it's a light bulb. To- <laughs> <laughs> um, one to, to bring to bring it to a lighter mood. You see what I did there? Pun. Oh, no, um. Check uh, out Kevin's weekend escapade, Kevin Steen's weekend escapade for this week that uh, got put up a few days back. Mainly because you actually get to see behind the scenes of this ongoing series, which I do need to keep track of more now. Of uh, Chuck Taylor's, I don't, I think it isn't it supposed to be the Wrestling Is Fun Hardcore Twenty Four Seven title. Yeah, yeah, it's his uh, world title uh, that he has. Yeah. It's like the it's like a hardcore twenty four seven title, isn't it? Yeah, which has now got amalgamated into Chuck Taylor's world title. It's his own promotion, damn it. Some of the early ones were pretty cool, and then just the fact that there was moon salts in the one that the clip that they showed. It's like, and that's in a hotel room as well. It's it's worth checking out. Also, Chuck Taylor does a very good Elvis impersonation, um, but. Uh, I think we'll move on from there. I think that's all the news that I can spot. Oh, no, there was something. Sandro, do you want to share it with me? Because you purposefully not told me because I should have known, but uh, I've been hiding under a rock or something. Yeah, apparently you did. (laughs) Uh, Well, basically, here's what happened. Um, A few days ago, um, something came on my Twitter feed that I thought was kind of interesting. And it was Samoa Joe that sent a tweet that said, uh, basically, apparently somebody told him that he was no longer, uh, he was no longer allowed back in Ring of Honor. And basically, the gist of what he tweeted was, so apparently I'm not allowed back in Ring of Honor. I see how it is. And then uh, somebody at Ring of Honor re- uh, actually responded to his to Joe's tweet saying. No, no, that's not the case. You are more than welcome to be back at Ring of Honor anytime you you want. So whatever you heard was wrong. And then I found some more information about this because apparently uh, Jim Cornette was on some podcast where he talked about his time as Booker at Ring of Honor a couple of years ago. I think it was around uh, 2007, 2008, if I'm not mistaken. Anyways... Uh, Cornette revealed some information where he and Delirious were in discussions about possibly bringing Joe back in Ring of Honor. And mm-hmm. Cornette's response was he felt that he wasn't worth bringing back in Ring of Honor due to what TNA has done to him as far as booking Joe at what he did in TNA not being a, a top guy and pretty much stuck in mid-card hell. So mm-hmm. somebody sent this information to Joe, and I guess Joe took it as that Ring of Honor doesn't want him back, which that wasn't the case. 
And I gotta say this: Booker, we got rid of that didn't want you back. Yeah, yeah. It's Jim Cornette's own personal feelings, nothing to do with us. Yeah, and uh, I gotta say this: I completely disagree with what Cornette said because had Ring of Honor decided to bring back Joe to, to the promotion, I think he would have brought in a lot more viewers to that promotion. And despite what TNA has done to him, regardless of that, he will still be a draw anyway. Yeah, yeah. he is the... That's why I don't get why Cornette would be like that. You had the person who's arguably the most dominant champion they ever had, even with Danielson and excuse me, McGinnis having longer reigns, like Joe just beat up everybody pretty much in his way in that title, whoever he faced for the title. And I've seen... A good majority of Joe's title defense is he beat the shit out of everybody. <laughs> and their people are still gonna uh, want him back in ROH. There's there's only certain people they probably don't want back. And even then, even the people who probably caused a lot of trouble at sometimes, like say maybe in Austin Aries, he'd probably still be welcome back, even though he probably pissed off a lot of people. <laughs> but nonetheless, I think it was just whatever Cornette's vendetta was at that time. Or not necessarily his vendetta, he feeling... I guess maybe the TNA thing was probably what hurt him, especially how Cornette still has bad feelings about pretty much everybody, but TNA notwithstanding. If Aries did go to Ring of Honor, do you think he put his crotch in Larry Legend's face? <laughs> no, I don't think that would happen. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I mean, unless he... Extremely unlikely. Unless he fucked up his name, then he probably would. <laughs> well, and then, but while doing it, keep going. The price is wrong, bitch. Um, I don't know why I keep bringing that up for him. I think it's because he's misused in Ring of Honor. <laughs> he should be doing more ring announcing, damn it, people. He didn't. If he didn't fuck up with one company, he'd probably be in there now, and they want him back, even though he's never coming back. <laughs> Yeah, true. So, uh, Sandra, do you want to have a quick run through the results for, uh, I guess, the final international show? Well, uh, well, I don't know. There might be some shows in Mexico over this weekend but uh, that I'm not aware of. But uh, Dragon Gate Japan had a, a show last week, did they not? Yes, they just wrapped up their last pay-per-view of 2013 with Final Gate uh, taking place. Uh, this past weekend in uh, Fukuoka, Japan. I'll quickly go through the results here. Uh, dark match first as uh, Sachi Hoko Boy defeating Chihiro Tominaga in about four minutes. Uh, opening match start of the pay-per-view was a six-man six tag as Yosuke, Santa Maria, UT, and Rocky Lobo of the Millennial team uh, defeating the Jimmy's team uh, Jimmy Kakitora, Jimmy Kanda, and uh, Yutsu Shimizu. Next match was a three-way match as uh, Don Fuji defeating the, the defeating, excuse me, of uh, Hollywood Stalker Chikawa and Baten Tamagawa in about uh, another four-minute match. Uh, next match was a uh, six-minute tag as the veteran army team of KNS. Super Shisa and Gamma defeating the team of Mundai Ryu, KZ, and Cyber Kong in about a nine-minute match. 
The next match was for the Open the Brave Gate title as Genki Horiguchi successfully retains by defeating Shiva for a second offense, which I have to say was a wrong move. I, I personally would have thought Shiva would have gotten the belt, especially with the momentum that he had and the new gimmick that he had. But uh, not sure what they're thinking of there, but it is what it is. Next match was for the Open the Triangle Gate titles in a three-way match. The team of the millennial team of T-Hawk, Eita, and Flamita, who were the defending champions, taking on the veteran army team of Shima, Masaki Mochizuki, and Dragon Kid. Also taking on the Jimmy's team of Jimmy Susumu, Ryo Jimmy Saito, and Mr. QQ, Tanazaki Naoki, Toyonaka Dolphin. The first elimination in a surprising way as uh, Masaki Mochizuki pinning or actually submitting Eita in about uh, 25 minutes, which means that the champions are now eliminated from the match, so we are guaranteed new champions here. And then in about 29 minutes, Jimmy Susumu pinned uh, Dragon Kid to become the new Triangle Gate champion. So the Jimmy's are the new champions there. So we can now put in the official he's got a belt title, Mr. QQ Tanazaki Naki Tonanako Dolphin. Holy crap. Well, he's had I want to see them put the name on that belt. <laughs> <laughs> well, he's had a few titles with the name. So it's not it's not something new for him. We've run out of space on the belt. What do we do? Just put dolphin. <laughs> or have a picture on the dolphin instead. But anyways. Uh, next next match was the semi-main event, and it was for the Open the Twin Gate Tag Team titles. As we have new champions, as the Monster Express team of Akira Tozawa and Shingo Takaji defeating the former champions of Yamato and Naruki Doi in uh, 23 minutes with uh, Shingo pinning Yamato. So Tozawa and Shingo, I believe for the first time, becoming tag champions after their... Very uh, infamous feud that they had in Japan. And in the main event, it was for the Open the Dreamgate title as Masato Yoshino successfully retained his belt by defeating BB Hulk in about a 26-minute match. So that is his third title defense for Yoshino. It's a rarity for Dragon Gate Japan. Somebody actually held onto a belt. Mm. <laughs> Because as you can tell, that you know the uh, those four title matches, two got new champions. One was a second successful defense, and the main event was the third successful defense. So I guess it is a case of Bob Dylan's times are changing in many different ways. <clears throat> so uh, that's your international stuff. Uh, now transitioning to PWG's All-Star Weekend 10, or as Kevin Steen called it, 57, I think. Was it 57? Yeah, Something like that. Yeah. So, the show started off with, like last time, a Mount Rushmore promo. But uh, before they could really, I guess, do the most of it, Chris Hero interfered and elbowed everybody. What needed his match with Adam Cole right then and there, but Cole bailed. So we're not going to have a uh, 
a CZW affair. Uh, Brian Cage in an opening match beat Tony Nice via a what's described as a very sick discus lariat. Uh, Candice and Joey beat the Rockness Monsters via a top rope moonsault from Candice. There you go. She's still on the show again. Um, Drake Younger beat Tommaso Ciampa via a roll-up in what's a very crazy, brutal match, according to the results here from PW Ponderings. Johnny Gagano beat Davy Richards via the uh, Gagano Escape. And Davy Richards then uh, announcing that... Uh, the well, it's his last weekend and he's heading to Orlando. <laughs> At least he isn't going to California. Paperclip the wizard. Um, best friends then managed to uh beat, beat the dojo bros uh via a double choke slam on Eddie Edwards. The dojo bros and then best friends hugging it out afterwards because obviously this is probably the last time that uh. Um, Eddie Edwards will be around. Uh, Elgin beat ACH via the Elgin bomb. Uh, Mount Rushmore then got a six, uh, success over all night long uh, of AR Fox with Kashay and Rich Swan uh, being beaten by Steen and the Young Bucks via a Steen assisted spike tombstone on Ricochet. Uh, one thing is worth mentioning, which is sort of revealed in uh, Kevin's escapade, is he's actually got a replica Young Bucks attire, which yeah. in the pictures looks effing incredible. <laughs> and uh, something interesting that he mentioned on the escapade, if you didn't see it, uh, on the back of his attire, it doesn't say Young Buck, it just says fuck. Yeah. I was looking for something witty, you know. <laughs> Matt's got bucks and Nick's got young. Uh, I went with fuck. <laughs> uh, it doesn't have enough space, so you got to make it short. <laughs> yeah, true. So, uh, main event, PWG World Title on the line. Adam Cole successfully retaining after a... Uh, Canadian Destroyer, which isn't that tequila? Is that tequila sunrise or no? That's actually Continental Finishers. You're thinking of oh, okay. a Panama sunrise? Yeah, Panama sunrise. I keep getting confused. Just call it the Perhaps American Destroyer. Well, just call it the American Destroyer for you. No, call it Canadian Landstorm. Um. Uh. Well, there were interesting things about this. Is obviously shenanigans happened like crazy you know loaded elbow pads uh ref bumps interference everything going on but then uh hero said he would work his way to getting another total shot somewhere down the line so transitioning into night two from saturday uh it opened with the rockness monsters beating b-boy and willie mac and pp ray via a double stomp Neckbreaker on uh, Pretty Peter Avalon. Tommaso Ciampa beat Tony Nice via the Project Ciampa. Uh, the best friends were successful again, beating uh, the unbreakable fucking machines of uh, mm. Cage and Elgin. 
best friends seem to be on a bit of momentum. And it, we know what people are like when they get momentum going into tournaments. Kyle O'Reilly. So, hmm. You never know. Look, look into that how you will. Uh, the best friends winning by a double choke slam on Brian Cage. Chris Hero <laughs> defeated ACH via a cravat crossface. Hero put over ACH. Then Steen came out and packaged Pearl Drive ACH again. So that's. Um, that's not right. Four times in two months. I think. Is it... That is not right. Yeah. <laughs> hey, it's because he has offensive shorts. We've already found that out. Oh, I guess that's probably why. Yes. Uh, the Dojo Bros beat Al Fox and Rich Swan via the Orange Crush Backbreaker, followed by a top rope double stomp. Uh, Edwardson said it was his last PWG show. He was uh, heading off to Pastures New. Thank the crowd in the locker room and then strong lead the crowd to sing happy birthday to Eddie Edwards. That's, you know, wrestle on your birthday. That's that's pretty incredible. Uh, then Ricochet defeated Davey Richards and then everybody from the locker room came out and showed their respect to both Edwards and Richards at, th- at that time. Then uh, in what could be seen as an upset... Candice LeRae, Joey Ryan, and Drake Younger defeated Matt Rushmore of the Young Bucks and Kevin Steen. So that's obviously with Steen losing, I think he's going to want to get revenge alongside Adam Cole at DDT4. So that's where that gets a little enticing. And in the main event, there was some attempted interference and a low blow, but... Adam Cole managed to successfully retain again, beating Johnny Gagano via the Florida Keys to uh, keep that belt and, yeah, go over a year now easily uh, unchallenged. Um, I'm guessing more than likely he won't be challenged at DDT4. I doubt it. So it'll be whatever the next show will be, which I'm guessing from how the schedules are, you could be seeing in March. Yeah, and uh, you never know. It could be another All-Star weekend. Who knows? But yeah, although they might actually come up with a witty name, possibly. Yeah, they probably will. But I just want to quickly want to mention... The PWG oh. Network. <laughs> I just want to quickly mention about uh, both Davy and Eddie. The fact that the locker room gave them like a farewell, that right there kind of tells me that it's probably a guarantee that they will get a contract. Yeah. Because if they didn't, then we would know that, well, they, that invite might have gotten canceled or something. Because they never do this for a PWG show. I'm saying this. Mm-hmm. So that get, that tells me that they will get signed. I seem to be getting that reception everywhere. I'm not sure. Uh, Eddie or Davey on the cards this coming weekend? Uh, Davey is, is booked for AAW this Saturday. 
Right. And Eddie's having a week off. Uh, I guess he might. Or wrestling somewhere else. <laughs> yeah, he could. <laughs> yeah, okay. So there you go. Uh, Randy had to leave us, I guess, to uh, finish off Santa. Uh, crazy bastard. Uh, or perhaps he's going to kill Rudolph. Hey, kids, if you're listening, he's going to kill Rudolph. You know who to blame. Anyway, um, this is that uh, got a little bit morbid. Uh, we'll head out with some cheers music. <laughs> lighten, the, lighten the mood again, and when we come back, a review of Beyond Wrestling's American Rana, which was a pretty stacked show, I will say that now. So uh, check it out. More of the whole indie show coming up right after these adverts. Sometimes you wanna go where everybody knows your name And they're always glad you came You wanna be where you can see Our troubles are all the same You wanna be where everybody knows your Every week on the SNS Radio Network, enter a dimension of sight and of sound, of pro wrestling, of impact and SmackDown. Every Friday night at 10 p.m. Eastern, 8 p.m. Mountain, get in the zone right here on the SNS Radio Network with the Bronx Father, covering all things impact, all things SmackDown. Tune in. But be warned, once you get in the zone, you can never get out. <laughs> hey there, listeners of the SNS Radio Network. Mindwipe here from the Force podcast, reminding you that when there is no live show or podcast airing, there is our wonderful little jukebox feature we have on the SNS Live page. Simply go to the website, pick a track you want to listen to, and then wait for it to come up. It's just like being in a bar and having a jukebox, except you don't have to pay for it. Additionally, don't forget, you can tune in to all the great shows on the SNS Radio Network Live, including all the live shows and podcasts, via TuneIn, The World's Radio, and Stitcher Smart Radio. Just go to either of those, download them to your mobile app or tablet, and search for SNS. There you go, folks. How much simpler could it be? A jukebox, live shows, podcasts, mobile access, everything you could ever want, right here on the SNS Radio Network. Wrestling fans, do you want to break from the day-to-day ins and outs of the WWE, TNA, and Ring of Honor? Do you like talk radio that pulls no punches? And do you like your sci-fi and fantasy? 
Well, tune in to the Elite Force Podcast each and every midweek with Chuck W. And each weekend with William Walkie Walker and Mindwipe. Exclusively on the SNS Radio Network and the Chris Jones Gaming Network. Yeah. This is going to be fun. Do you have theories or ideas to brainstorm on the subject of pro wrestling that doesn't fit anywhere else? Do you like hearing about those same ideas on a public platform? Or do you just like hearing rants from someone on the West Coast? Then, Running the Ropes is for you. Every week, join host Brian Maverick Bertrand as he covers the spectrum of professional wrestling in a controlled forum full of wrestling's biggest politics, conspiracies, and recaps from the biggest shows. So get in the ring and start running the ropes live every Wednesday at 2 p.m. Eastern, 11 a.m. Pacific, right here on the SNS Radio Network. Hey guys, it's me, Mr. Money on the Mic, Jeff Jackson. Just a reminder for you to listen to Sunday Night Showdown every pay-per-view Sunday as I'll be joined by my broadcast partner, the Bronx Father, Tony J. Marabella, Harmony Boom Boom Jackson, and Mark the Shark DiCarlo as we provide the best pay-per-view coverage of the WWE. And it starts at 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 p.m. Pacific Time, Every pay-per-view Sunday, Sunday Night Showdown, your home for WWE pay-per-view coverage. suddenly feel the urge to sing the Mexican National Anthem. Oh, wait. Um, anyway, uh, welcome back to the whole indie show with uh, Sandra and Ashley. Randy uh, still missing. Uh, apparently now he's trying to kill Mrs. Claus with Pasquale. I don't know why. Anyway, uh, Beyond Wrestling's American Rana show now. Uh, we're going to have a little uh, talk and uh, review of. And one thing I will say about this from the start, it's refreshing to see an indie company with live in-screen replays. Mm. It's something you very rarely get from any indie. You know, if they do have it, it's normally after the match when they can slow the tape back and everything. But the way Beyond seemingly puts it together, 
is they go, let's look at the replay, which clearly indicates that the commentary isn't done live. It is done uh, afterwards in post-production by uh, Denver, Colorado, the man, not the place. But he still does a good job, Denver, I will say that. But it's, just, it's a shame that we can't have Kevin Steen on commentary. It's one, it's one step away from being just as good as PWG Beyond. And it's just that. Anyway, uh, we'll start off with the pre-show. Which was weird because people were streaming in as the match was going on. I was like, what? So this is a CCW showcase with uh, Latin Dragon, they, uh, the product... David Starr, uh, Sozio of the front, and Shane Strickland. Uh, I must say for a pre-show, this was a very good match. Nice uh, sort of interaction between all four of them. This really was kind of showcasing, though, Shane Strickland is a guy to watch for 2014. Because he had a very impressive show, in my in my opinion. Latin Dragon did well as well, but uh, yeah, the, the way it went, uh, unsurprisingly, really, Sozio got eliminated first after a small package from Latin Dragon. And uh, then there was one pretty sweet bit with uh, Star giving, I think it was Strickland, not one, not two, but three Alabama slams in a row, pretty much. Which must have put pain on uh, Strickland's back, but uh, Strickland did eliminate Star eventually with the uh, double stomp off the uh, top rope. And then a face buster from a torture rack meant that uh, Latin Dragon gets your win on the pre show. But yeah, very entertaining uh, four way elimination match here. Uh, yeah, definitely. This was a great way to start off the show. Uh, the fans were very into this match. Uh, I thought all four looked pretty good. Uh, even though, um, I, th- I believe it was, a uh, Sozio that got eliminated first within like the first five minutes or, or so. But, uh, yeah, yeah, but regardless of that, it was still a good match. I uh, enjoyed all four guys. Uh, really good way to start the, the show. And yeah, as you said, uh, both Shane and Dragon, they both look great in the opening match. One thing worth mentioning as well is throughout the whole night, pretty much the the locker room was outside the ring watching as well. Because I did spot Tabernacle, the team, who appeared later on in the night. Uh, I don't know if it was in this match, but certainly earlier on. And then obviously in the later matches, uh, Latin Dragon was there. Uh, because he... he already competed early on in the night so uh it's it's good to see that kind of community sort of spirit for their shows but uh well but you got to put in the fact that in beyond wrestling that's how how that's how they do shows and that's what's different about beyond is you have the locker room at ringside you know watching the matches Mm -hmm. and speaking of watching matches yeah let's get on to why this one opened it i don't know (laughs) Well, no, I, I know why it opened it, because I know what closed it, so. 
this really was sort of a match as well to decide who was the number one guy in Beyond because uh, Beyond has a kind of like how Evolved did. It's got a like a ranking system on wins and losses. In Evolve, I think it was like you know how it would be with a sports team like eight and zero or seven and two and things like that. But in Evolve, it's done on pluses and minuses. Mm-hmm. And I believe it was uh, Drew Gulak on eleven plus taking on Chris Dickinson, who was on 10 plus. And from what I can tell as well, um, you know, if you lose, you don't automatically go down to zero. You just lose a point. It works like that. So if you are, you know, well, let's say on plus four and you lose, you don't go to zero. You just go to plus three. So yeah, Gulak versus Dickinson. This was this 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 didn't feel right to open a show because it was that good. Just a great mix of um, the technical style of Gulak with the I guess technical big man power move style stuff that Chris Dickinson does. There was a crazy bump to the outside. Um. I think Dickin did Dickinson just throw Gulak straight to the ring floor, the concrete? No, what had happened was Gulak was going for his uh, submission, which I think might have been like an armbar submission. Yeah. And at this time, you know, both guys were sort of like crazy. And I guess due to the sweat, Gulak couldn't really hang on to Chris's arm and he slipped and he fell, which was a really scary thing to watch. I personally thought that he, he might have seriously hurt himself, but uh, that wasn't the case. He did manage to get back up and continue the match. Yeah, and it went back and forth. It was close to a 20-minute match, which for an opener is surprising, considering as well that the main event only just went about 20 minutes as well. For good reason, but uh, Gulak sort of out of nowhere hitting the... Uh, the rolling elbow for the successful pinfall and a show of respect at the end, you know, shake of hands and all's good with the world. But yeah, fantastic opening to be honest. Oh yeah, this was a crazy, but just an awesome match to watch. Um, I was really looking forward to seeing this match and yeah, I gotta agree, you know, being the second match for the show, you think like, Wow, this match should be at least close to the top of the card. And, you know, you, you heard that from Deborah Colorado himself, who also said that, you know, this match could have made an event show. But, you know, being this, being that this show was being one of the biggest shows of the year, you know, why not start off strong? And, you know, this really delivered it. Just a fantastic match, a really good, strong style match. Just can't can't say anything wrong about it. To be honest. Yeah, I wouldn't mind seeing it again in CCW. In all honesty. So next up, the 
I think yeah, it was it was a four way tag team match, but it was single elimination. It wasn't a it wasn't a you know elimination style match. It was just a, a standard one fall to a finish one. So it was the hoods of uh, uh, Davy Cash and Chris Pyro taking on EYFBO, which is Mike Drastic and Angel Ortiz, who, as it turns out, really do look like LMFAO or are trying to anyway. Uh, the Minutemen were the third team of Devin Blaze and Tommy Trainwreck, and then finally, Team Tremendous, <laughs> comprised of Detective Dan Barry. And Detective Bill Carr. <laughs> Bill Carr kind of looking like roadkill, just without the beard and the hat. In the get-up that he did have. And, and, the, and plus, he's not fat. Yeah. And Barry in uh, a quite vivid blue Hawaiian shirt. Yeah, he, he definitely has that uh, 80s style look to him. Johnny Wishbone. Where was Johnny Wishbone? Um, but it was it was uh, the reason I bring that up because uh, I think it was was it Ortiz in the corner with Dan Barry, and Barry was asking him, "Okay, where's the illegal Denon shipment?" <laughs> and it's like, trust me, you don't want my partner. He's the bad cop. I'm the good cop. Q chat from the crowd. Good cop, bad cop. <laughs> and then <laughs> they do their like action together, and then you get some nice bits with some uh, interaction between the two. And then you get the spot where everybody goes to the outside, and then just you know, from the size that he is, and he isn't massive, massive. But he is pretty stacked. The fact that a near 300-pound guy went flying, managed to take everybody out while jumping out of the ring, and land on his feet and continue walking is fucking incredible. (laughs) Just, I mean, that, that was... All I've got in the note here is the big man flew. And then, and then straight from that... Um, was it, I think it was Barry trying to give, um, one of the, was it the Minutemen or the Hoods? Uh, I think I know what spot you're referring to. Um, yeah, uh, Dan Barry had, uh, Devin Blaze. And yeah, of the Minutemen. They were both on the top rope. And basically Dan was, uh, attempting to pull off a razor's edge. The crucifix bomb, yes. Yeah, two blades, not in the ring, but to throw him to the outside, to the pile of uh, the pile of wrestlers that were already there. And as he throws him, but that's not what happened because uh, Devin Blaze reversed it and hits a Frankensteiner, and Hurricun Rana, or American Rana, as they refer to it. Well, you better watch out before Scott Steiner gets mad. But anyways, yeah. here's a Denver. You should no- Denver. Don't get on the wrong side of. <laughs> don't get on the wrong side of Steiner. Yeah, so you know, 
Blaze reverses it into a Frankenstein, or and Dan Barry goes over at and lands on everybody. And shit, this was to me this was spot of the night because holy fuck, I've never seen anything yeah, like but that. Obviously, forty seconds before that, the big guy flew. Yeah, you better <laughs> you better watch out, Hernandez. You got some competition. Yeah. <laughs> But uh, Team Tremendous actually getting the win after a uh, double stomp face buster to uh, I think it was Angel Ortiz. Yes, it was of the EYFBO. But uh, yeah, and then practically everybody shakes each other's hand. I think pretty much except I remember. Yeah, pretty much except for the hoods, if I'm not mistaken. I believe they didn't want to shake. the Miniman's hand, if I'm not mistaken. But this was one hell of a tag team match. I, I'm not going to lie. I really enjoyed this match. There were some really uh, innovative spots. I just want to mention one spot real quick. Uh, I believe it was... Um, I think it was Devin Blaze, or maybe it would have been one of the hoods. But anyways, one of them swung around the... Uh, the, the pole that was right next to the ring. And they managed, while they were spinning around it, they managed to hit like a hurricanrana uh, on, I believe it was on Angel Ortiz, which I got to say, that was kind of innovative. I haven't seen that before. So that was really cool to watch. And the fans were really into this match. They really enjoyed it from start to finish. They they really enjoyed it. I, I really enjoyed it. Uh, the gimmicks of uh, Team Tremendous, I, I think it's uh, pretty awesome, <laughs> in my opinion. And I enjoyed all teams um, in this match. I- I've seen a few stuff from EYFBO before, and um, trying to watch the last, oh, pretty much the rest of All Killers episodes, but just didn't have enough time. But I will definitely check out the last several shows of All Killers. Because all teams impressed me very much. Mm-hmm, definitely. Um, so next, this was supposed to be um, the KOI of uh, Aaron Epic and Sugar Duncan taking on Le Tavernac, the team of Mathieu Saint-Jack and Thomas Dubois. But uh, for some reason, Sugar Dunkerton wasn't there. I'm just wondering if this is because uh, he got kidnapped by uh, Ninja Samoa Joe style by uh, Shikara. You never know. Because I haven't seen him on many shows since then, to be honest. Well, I don't know if I want to break the fourth wall here, but... Uh, I guess I'm into it. Uh, I believe, you can uh, break the fifth wall and leave the fourth wall standing. <laughs> Uh, I believe Sugar is taking a, a break from wrestling, if I'm not mistaken. Oh, it's about I go. That's not too bad. Yeah. yeah, I think the last time I, I think the last time I saw him was in AIW, and I believe that was back in August. I want to say, if I'm not mistaken. Everybody needs a break from wrestling, including Batista. Um... <laughs> oh, that's for another show. <laughs> so. um... Yes, eventually, this started off as a two-on-one beatdown, pretty much. Cole 
was not getting his own way. And then uh, all of a sudden, Dave Cole showed up. And Dave Cole and Epic have been bitter enemies in previous years of Beyond Wrestling and in the uh in the local, you know, New England area. So it's kind of a, one of those weird situations where the impromptu tag team is uh getting involved, but uh Despite that, it really was a case of Tabernacle team, to be honest, really dominating most of the match and eventually getting the win with a double Alabama slam. Which is a bit of a shame, but then I think... Yeah, there was a shake of hands afterwards between Cole and Epic, I think. Oh no, Cole went and disappeared and just... I think Epic was left on his own, wasn't he? Yeah. So... Yeah, this was an okay match, but obviously, if Dunkerton was there, I think you've had much better chemistry, and you probably would have had much more of a competitive match than, you know, it wasn't a squash match, but the Tabernacle, the team guys, were on the uh, offensive a lot more than Epic and Cole were. Uh. I thought the match was was good. I thought it was good for what it was. Uh, I really, I was really impressed by uh, Tabernacle the team, uh, seeing them for the first time. I know I heard of them uh, mostly throughout the uh, Canadian independent scene, uh, mostly in the Montreal area. But uh, they really impressed me here, and um, I, I believe they're becoming uh, regulars for Beyond Wrestling, which is good. And uh, Maybe hopefully in next year they might get more opportunities in the, uh, you know, northern east coast uh, wrestling scene. But uh, that may be. I think they'd be a perfect fit for uh, WrestleCon or anything happening in New Orleans. Well, because you got a lot of French speakers in New Orleans. That 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 is true, but you know, like I said, that depends if they get more bookings in. Several places, you know, like a ZZW or Giant Gate USA, you know, those kind of promotions. But we'll have to wait and see. Now, before I move on, something that I have to mention <laughs> happened during this match. The fans. Yes. <laughs> yes. Now, during the match, um, obviously because the uh, Tabernacle team are from, from Canada, not only from Canada, but they're French Canadian, which I'm pretty sure um, the power Andy knows is happy about with those people. <laughs> but what, you said you people, what? Yeah, I said that. <laughs> so, anyways, um, <laughs> during the match, obviously with the Tabernacle team getting the advantage, uh, they decided to sing. And no, it's not what you're thinking. They weren't singing the Fandango theme. No, because oh. <laughs> they were singing the U.S. National Anthem in its entirety, or at least close to it. But that didn't end. No, 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 because they continue singing. And this time they sang My Country Tis of Z, which I thought was hilarious. But it doesn't end there. No, no, no. 
because they ended with singing the 80s Hulk Hogan theme. Yeah, I'm a real American fight for the rights of everyone. <laughs> wow, that's yeah, that was when I heard that, I was like, wow, really? I, I thought that was hilarious. <laughs> I was laughing my ass off. Yes. <laughs> That was something different, but different in a good way, I guess. Oh. <laughs> so, yeah, I, I purposely left that there so you could comment on it because, yeah, that was a crazy bit, definitely. Speaking of crazy, though, let's move on to the next match. Uh Banner versus Yaka. Yaka, Yaka. However, they want to pronounce him. <laughs> you know, for half the time, Bryce Remsburg didn't have an S in his name for some reason. I don't know why. But, uh, yeah. Uh, there was a crazy bit right at the start where basically... Um, Cabana was asking about, you know, checking Yaka's feet. And Yaka kept putting his feet in uh, Cabana's, like, face and on his body and everything. And he was like, oh, come on, I don't know where those feet have been. They stink. And then Yaka starts licking his feet. Okay, but... Uh... There was even one bit later, slightly later on, when uh, Yaka got Cabana's uh, towel and rubbed it up his ass, and then put it back. Thankfully, Cabana didn't use it. Otherwise, that would have been a little awkward. But it was uh, a good match here. You know, a little light-hearted, probably just to. Uh, let the crowd recover from the first couple of uh, hectic, action-packed uh, matches. But uh, the end was obviously a little sweet with uh, Colt Cabana hitting the go-to-sleep. I don't know where he got that idea from. But overall, a, a good match to close out the first half of the show. Yeah, this was actually a pretty good match between both guys. Uh, yeah, there were a few uh, comedy spots in, in during the match, and I really enjoyed it. Uh, I was actually kind of surprised with the finish with uh, Cabana hitting that GTF, but uh, I, I didn't mind it, you know, for what it was. I thought it was uh, unexpected, but I had no problems with it. Mm-hmm. But, uh, yeah, so then we transition after interval to the... Probably the the first of the main events, because this pretty much the second half of the show was the main event. Kevin Steen taking on Masada. Mm. Um, very good match here between the two. You were kind of limited it from being a great match because Masada only a few weeks before had um, had his knee badly injured. I think was it at CCW. Yeah, it probably was. Yeah, I can't remember. It was a few weeks before. Anyway, uh, mid-July. So, 
Um, there was one nice bit resulting from that, though, where Steen went, oh, wow, you look bad. Perhaps I should start a Kickstarter for your knee. <laughs> Which, of course, was a sort of jibe at uh, Masada for, I don't think it was Kickstarter. Was it Indiegogo or it, something like that? It was something similar to that, but it was a Kickstarter. But uh, it was funny when he said that. I'm not going to lie. Yeah, it was good. It was it was actually good. Oh, um, but uh, yeah, you had that. Then towards the end, the skewers. Well, were they skewers or were they cocktail sticks? Because uh, I've seen skewers and they look longer than that. In all honesty, well, to me, they just. Really long toothpicks to me. That's yeah, way. yeah, that's that's more like it. I'd say yeah. Um, but they, I think they did get put in Steen's actual head because he was bleeding towards the end. Yes. But I was kind of wondering at some point whether they were just stuck in his hair, <laughs> mm. and it was done on purpose. But no, from the way the blood came out at the end, it was like no, they're actually stuck inside him, and he's bleeding the hard way. Okay, um, and one of the sick bits was where he managed to do that uh, Masada after smuggling them in his boots and everything, and then hits a pile driver on him, basically resulting in the skewers going further into Steen's skull. But uh, then the finish was... I guess sort of genius and also very much like the rock and uh, which, you know, I only, I only say that because the sharpshooter wasn't that well applied, <laughs> kind of like how the rock did it at WrestleMania 28 <laughs> when he fucked up on the sharpshooter. Uh, but the, the, the kind of genius thing here from Steen is he actually used the skewers to basically wheedle into the knee while the referee wasn't looking. And then eventually, uh, just because of the pain and everything, Masada had to tap and uh, submit. But uh, after the match, you know, there were basically, there was a chant of shake your hand and, uh, some people were going, hang on. No. He doesn't shake people's hands. And I think he said to the fan on the microphone, it's like, this isn't fucking Ring of Honor. <laughs> and then saying, I know how fucked up your knee is. And it's as half as, it's twice as bad as how I had it back in the day. So for that reason alone, I'm going to shake your fucking hand. And they. Shake hands and uh, that's it. Job done. Uh, very good match between the two. Yeah, I, I gotta say, um, I kind of had low expectations due to, of course, Masada. He was not at hundred percent, and plus, when the reports came out from the show, uh, I was under the impression that this wasn't a good match due to Masada's limit. Luminous with his uh his leg, but 
this was a really good match, and it was better than what I'd expected. So I was really glad that it wasn't a bad match due to Masada's injury. But <clears throat> uh, he stuck it through, and he gave it 100%. I was really surprised here. I really thought they would take it a bit slow and not do too much during the match. Um, it was mostly brawling, which uh, I guess uh, is good for Masada, even though we, we did see Steen attack uh, Masada's knee during the match. And even, of course, before the finish, we saw Steen hit his cannonball in which he landed on Masada's right knee, which uh, added more uh, pain before he locked in that sharpshooting. But like I said, better than what I expected, and it was a really great match. I really enjoyed it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a yeah, very, very good match there. So next up, we go into... I think the first to the best of three of sorts for was it like the Battle of New England or something? Uh, or New England Showcase? From what Denver, Colorado said, this was the best of three in the New England Challenge. That's it, yeah. Uh, so, match one was Johnny Gagano taking on JT Dunn. And this was a very strong match. A uh, lot of action-packed stuff really going on all the way through. One point that I want to highlight out myself, because I'll probably let Sandro do more on this on this one, but the the kind of 15-second delay of Gugano before he lawn-darted JT Dunn into the, uh, the turnbuckle, or the middle turnbuckle, should I say. But... Uh, yeah, both guys were in really top form. Gagano getting the win with a Gagano escape, but this was this was sort of like the idol versus the idol worshipper of sorts. Because JT Dunn is in his style, he is sort of similar to Gagano. You can kind of see elements in each other, and the the stuff at the 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 kind of well, the ending was, a, I guess, a little bit of a swerve, I guess. There wasn't a shake of hands, but there was a sort of, you know, high-five style of, uh, you know, cross of, uh, or touch or whatever. So, there clearly is a little bit of a feud there, possibly, but a very good match between the two, definitely. Yeah, this was a, a really great match. Um, yeah, a really good back and forth. And during the match, you would have thought Dunn, Dunn would have gotten the upset here. But uh, that didn't happen. Gargano locked in the Gargano escape, and he got the win. Um, now, since then, I believe they did get a rematch. But it was for a promotion in New England. Uh, I don't recall the name of the promotion, but they did have a rematch. And it's also on Beyond Wrestling's uh, YouTube page. So you can check out that rematch there. Now, since then, um, I wasn't aware of who JT Dunn is, but since then, he's been starting to get booked uh, outside of Beyond more recently with ZZW, and, you know, gave more opportunities there, so good for him. Um, really impressed with JT here, and uh, hopefully he gets more opportunities elsewhere. Yeah, definitely. 
So, match two. AR Fox taking on Anthony Stone. Uh, this was, again, a sort of very good uh, clash of two similar styles with both Stone and Fox known for their high-flying uh, moves as well as some uh, technical stuff as well. Uh, sort of was evenly paced between the two of them and then I'd say after about 15 minutes it was a very nice finish um, there was a I'm trying to think it was a roll it was basically supposed to be a roll through pin from AR Fox but um, Stone managed to roll through back into pinning Fox and uh, hooked up the legs Rey Mysterio style for the, uh, the the win and AR Fox seemed to be pretty surprised and then uh, moving well uh, they they shook hands and celebrated so uh, good match there yeah this was another great match here um I had seen Anthony Stone before. He was in last year's uh, Chikara Young Lions Cup tournament. who looked really great, and I think he lasted up until the semifinals, if I'm not mistaken. And I was kind of hoping he was getting booked more by Chikara, but that didn't happen, which was a, a big disappointment. But uh, glad to see Anthony Stone becoming a regular for Beyond Wrestling. Yeah, the finish, I actually enjoyed it. You know, you had Fox who was attempting to go for the sunset flip in, but then Anthony just sat down on Fox for the victory. A really good match. And in here in Beyond Wrestling, it's a different AR Fox because we saw Fox acting uh, very cocky throughout the match, and more, more becoming a heel in Beyond Wrestling. So that's something different that we normally don't see anywhere else. So that's kind of good to see. Now... After the match, um, somebody came out, and it was uh, Nicholas K, who ha- was supposed, or apparently was supposed to have a match with Anthony Stone on, on America Rana, but he was injured, so that wasn't happening. And uh, I guess uh, K was face to face with Anthony Stone and attacked him. So apparently, and then all of a sudden, I think he carried him out the building. Apparently. So that was that was something different. Yeah, the power of chloroform. <laughs> that, I don't think we saw any sign of him at any point since. But it did build towards... Uh, I can't remember what happened in their match in the in September. <sighs> did I Stone get the win? I think someone got the win. I have to double check. I think it prob- it was angled towards that because obviously it was a, a surprise that he was going to get chloroformed and all that. Not many people expect to be chloroformed. Yeah. If you if you do, you're kind of a sadist. Anyway, um, next we go on to the main event and probably was match of a night, but you could split it between I think about three or four matches. Eddie Edwards versus Biff Busick. This was, in terms of technical wrestling, this was a clinic. But you also had, at least towards the end, it really started going 
hard hitting with the quite a lot of action on the outside and I think we had more chops in this than you would do at a butcher shop. There was that many chops, people. Um, there was also a really nice bit where Edwards managed to get Biff in, I think it was a surfboard, wasn't it? Yeah, I believe so. And then in the same in with the logs with the legs locked in uh in as if he was going for another surfboard edwards managed to put the dragon sleeper on so not just the the sleeper on the head obviously but also the the tension in the legs from uh angling back with the weight so that was a very nice spot there i will say but uh the finish came with uh, Edwards in, uh, well, he managed to get a single leg crab on uh, Busick and then uh, used his spare foot to basically keep stomping at Biff's face so he wouldn't be able to submit. He'd just pass out and, yeah, he, he got... I guess knocked unconscious and the referee Bryce Remsburg had to call it off and uh, basically stop the match, you know, referee stoppage to stop the match and uh, Edwards gets the win but there's a you know, show of respect between the two guys and Edwards and Busick also uh, give props to the fans there uh, I guess to make the crowd go home happy after what was an excellent main event. Uh, yeah, this was a really, really good match between both guys. A really good strong style match here. Uh, obviously, this was the rematch from their previous encounter that was, I believe, the We Care A Lot show, which was pretty good, I would say. I really enjoyed the match. As I said, very strong style, very stiff between both guys. And, uh, you know, eventually we saw many encounters later on in future shows. I uh, really enjoyed the finish. I thought that was a great way to end the match here. And uh, just to go back on what you uh, asked um, on the September show, uh, Point of No Return, uh, Anthony Stone lost to Nicholas K in the uh, oh. I Quit match. Oh, was it how how was the I quit done? Was it an a legit I quit or was there shenanigans? Uh, basically, what happened? Uh, Stone was handcuffed to the ropes, and I guess K threatened to go after Anthony's son in the crowd. So I guess he quit uh, before K did anything. I see. Yeah. So there was a little bit of shenanigans involved. Yeah. Okay. So, I guess overall for Beyond Wrestling's American Rana, um, I'm kind of split between A and A+. It was a very strong show, you know, from front to back. I think it's kind of, it kind of, although it was good, 
it kind of, I guess, drops a little bit in some case, in some respects, uh, because of Masada not being healthy. If you had a full health uh, Masada taking on Steen, I think it would have been really good. And also with the uh, non-appearance of Sugar for his sabbatical out of uh, wrestling. So I think for that, I'm going to give it an A, but still a very strong show from Beyond. And uh, yeah, Beyond is a promotion which uh, you should be keeping an eye out for in 2014. Well, uh, personally, uh, I'm going to give this an A+. This is definitely a must-watch show and a definitely must-buy show uh, for those interested. I got to disagree. You know, like I said about the Steve Masada match, Originally, I, I had low expectation because of Masada's injury, and I thought that would have slowed down the match. But to me, I didn't really see that. It was, like I said, better than what I expected. And um, to me, we didn't see Masada's weakness throughout the match. Because, mm-hmm, like I said, sure. he still kept going. Like he, like he was at 100% regardless. But that's just me. Um, match of the night, I mean... Jesus Christ, there's just so many matches to choose from here. Um, <laughs> I, I got like three choices. Um, first place, I got to give it to Gulag and Dickinson. Just a really great match there. Second place, I'm going to give it to the main event, Eddie, Eddie Edwards and Biff Music. And the third place, I'm going to give it to that four-way tag team match with uh, Team Tremendous, uh, The Hoods, EYFBO, and The Minutemen. Just three great matches. But the rest of the show is still a must-watch. Go buy it uh, at Beyond Wrestling's website, um, lookmanofans.com. And um, everybody should check out Beyond Wrestling because even though it's people you don't regularly, you don't normally see on the independent scenes as far as the major promotions, but you do get to see some new talent there, and they really don't disappoint. And plus, all their stuff is pretty much for free. It's on YouTube. Not everything, not every show, but you do get uh, their regular shows, which is the All Killers taping show. I think you get like maybe about four matches in in one show there. And you get some rare matches on their YouTube channel. Like, for instance, a couple of months back, I think they had a match with um, Chris Dickinson against Uha Nation, which was great. You don't really get to see that anywhere else, you know. You know stuff like that. Yeah. So subscribe to Beyond Wrestling's YouTube page. It's definitely worth it. And there's, you know, it looks to really be a now a case that Beyond Wrestling is where you're going to see the stars that are going to be within the next twelve months transitioning into other indies, mm-hmm. and within the next two years, depending on. Uh, how the recruitment process goes at WWE, you might be seeing quite a few of them heading. I guess it's up north. I guess it's not up north just yet. Heading down south to Florida. <laughs> yeah, uh, we're definitely going to give our thoughts on Beyond Wrestling during our year in review next week. Next week's podcast, or next year's podcast. Yes. Excuse me. Over the next couple of weeks, yeah, because there isn't going to be hopefully that much news. 
we're going to try and we're going to try and do it in two weeks. If we have to, we can probably transition it into three. But yeah, January is going to be heavily year in review talk and everything going right from next week's at the start of the month. Probably my my aim is two or three. So then before we get to DDT four and uh, is there another tournament in early January in one of the other companies? Mm, not that I, don't I think, think so. Of. Not no. not now. DDT is the first big one. And then obviously DDT also is the same weekend as National Pro Wrestling Day. So that's going to be that's because that's going to be a big week anyway. So yeah, the next 3 weeks or so possibly possibly 4 because of the way the weeks are. Um we should be able to girl I don't know why I said that like that, but uh, yeah, going through it like that. So uh, that's all your review for this week. Uh, as I say, year in review will start next week with companies yet to be determined, but uh, it'll be the usual uh, best moments, talents, you know, wants to watch and talents of the year sort of thing, match of the year, all that shenanigan and chicanery and Anything else we're beginning with shit or something. Uh, so when we come back, a rundown of this weekend's two big shows from AIW and AAW. But it's time to head out with a bit of nostalgia for a certain Mr. John Cahill, a.k.a. Eddie Edwards. So make sure you stick around for the final part. This week's Holly Indy Show here on the SNS Radio Network. Unplugged has returned to the airwaves. You can check out the Bronx Father, Tony J. Mirabella, and of course, Mr. Money on the Mic, Jeff Jackson, every Tuesday night, 9 p.m. Eastern, 6 p.m. Pacific Standard Time, as they discuss the happenings from Monday Night Raw, NXT, the latest news of the week, sponsored by our good friends over at Wrestling-Online.com. And then things get a little interesting as the topics could change from week to week, including topics such as the supernatural, conspiracy theories, basically whatever the hell these guys want to talk about, they're going to cover it every Tuesday night right here on the SNS Radio Network. SNS Unplugged is back, baby. Uncensored. Unbelievable. Unplugged. 
Hey there, listeners of the SNS Radio Network. My wife here. Now, as most of you listeners know, I happen to promote my own albums every now and again, and the latest one is now available. Yes, Dream Sphere. The musical journey that takes you through the realm of fantasy is now available at mindwipestudios.info. 14 tracks plus a couple of bonus tracks, all available for the neat little price of 10 bucks US. $10 US or A. So check it out today. It's got some great tracks, including Witchwood, Dream Sphere, Flights of Dragons, and many, many more. Dream Sphere, available at mindwipestudios.info. Hey there, old school wrestling fans. This is your personal ring announcer, Sean Beckerman here, reminding you to download the Pro Wrestling Nostalgia podcast known as Beyond the Bell each and every week on the SNS Radio Network. You know that I'm the cream of the crop. From WCW, ECW, WCCW. The cream of the crop. Back to the NWA, AWA, World Wrestling Federation, to now WWE, we cover it all. Famous Feuds, our 101 series, The Horseman Files, Old School Music, Greatest Managers, Tag Teams, Promos, you name it, Beyond the Bell covers it. Get stealing, woo, wheeling, dealing, limousine riding, jet flying, son of a gun. So tune in each and every week on the SNS Radio Network and go old school with Beyond the Bell. What you gonna do when the largest arms in the world in Hulkamania destroys you? Hey guys, JJ Sexay here. Are you looking for the latest news in both professional wrestling and mixed martial arts? Well, check out www.wrestling-online.com. Sign up for one of the longest-running newsletters in professional wrestling over 16 years. And just like Wrestling News Live, it's absolutely free. Join over 27,000 other subscribers, wrestling-online.com. You will learn to pronounce my name properly. Wrestling dash online dot com. Are you a fan of the SNS Radio Network? Want to keep up with what's going on with all the personalities and radio shows on the SNS Network? Well, let me tell you how. You can check out the Facebook group over at www.facebook.com slash groups slash SNS Radio Network. On Twitter, follow us at SNS Radio Network. You can follow me, Mr. Money on the Mic, Jeff Jackson, at SNS underscore JJ Sexay one. These are just a few ways to keep up with all the happenings going on on the SNS radio network. Oh, president. 
you my conglomerate Shall remain anonymous Caught up in the finest shit Live out my dreams until my heart give out And what we crave You know exactly what this shit's about Fuck y'all mean Handling since a teen I dish out Like the point guard of your favorite team Without doubt My life ain't rosy but I roll with it My mind was fine to the dough hit it And told me that the mold did it And now it's kosher shit is so acidic I blow a digit on the diamond in the minute But no bitches Watch how I'm walking Cause even the thoroughest niggas Welcome back to the whole indie show, the final part of this week's show with Sandra and Ashley. And yeah, what you heard ties into one of our shows coming up. But uh, a little bit of news that did come into me uh, while we were recording, which is probably a lie, but it's a, it's a bit of news that I've got to mention. But I uh, got sent in by uh, Maverick of uh, Run the Ropes. Uh, he's got word that uh, apparently the uh, the APW boot camp, uh, which we talked about earlier on in the year with the passing of, uh, oh, I can't remember his name. Roland Alexander. Roland Alexander, that's it. I knew it was like Josh Alexander and I couldn't, I didn't want to make a, an error of myself. So I just wanted Sandro to uh, make me look like an idiot. Um, Roland Alexander. Uh, the APW boot camp is apparently moving to Pacifica in California now, but the promotion will be staying put as where it currently is out of the garage in, uh, Haywood. Uh, the nice new venue that they're moving to for the boot camp is apparently near Rikishi's, uh, promotion and more wrestlers, are getting the call out that way, so it looks to be growing as of late. So uh, hopefully this means bigger, better, greater things for APW. So yeah, keep the legacy of uh, Roland going strong because, as previously talked about, it was has been quite a lot of uh, good talent come out of there. Uh, in the indies and I guess going on to uh, bigger and better things you know up north and all that or whatever but uh, yeah cheers for the uh, news Maverick for that Uh, so now we'll transition into the shows this weekend and we'll start with uh, this Saturday AAW's one twisted Christmas uh, at the Berwyn Eagles Club, Berwyn, Illinois. Uh, doors opening at 6.45 for a 7.30 bell time. Uh, front row is $18. General admission is 13 And, of course, the infamous $1.25 beers at the bar. Uh, I'm pretty sure tickets will be available on the door. Uh, matches confirmed so far. There's going to be a mixed tag fans bring the weapons match with Tony Rican and Mischief teaming up to take on Knight Wagner and Heather Patera with Truth Martini. Um, I hope Michael Elgin's going to be happy with that. I don't know. Uh, although, to be quite honest, it, uh, there was that news that I saw this past week that Elgin Elgin's... Uh, Elgin's mischief is uh, pregnant, I believe. So, oh, I completely forgot you know, about that. 
Yes, congratulations to them both. Congratulations to them both. And also, I'm guessing she isn't going to be wrestling for much longer. Oh, yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, we might see a card topic change here. Yeah, Miss, Miss Chief might be having... I'm guessing if you fit it in, her last matches could possibly be at, um, possibly at Shimmer. Because I think, is it supposed to be March? You know, around the same time as... Well, they're having a show at WrestleCon. Yeah. And then they're going to... She might be there, but I don't know if her... I I don't know. Yeah, it's a bit... She'll be involved somehow, but I don't think she'll be wrestling if it's come April, to be honest. Uh, Also on the card, Davey Richards will be taking on Jimmy Jacobs. I'm wondering whether that now could be switched to Richards versus Elgin. Because uh, Elgin obviously isn't facing... uh, Josh Alexander. Well, it was supposed to be for this show. Oh, wasn't it? No, it was supposed to be for AIW. Oh, right. wrong promotion. Shit. <laughs> well, uh, well, uh, Alexander was supposed to be on this show as well. Yeah. Alongside with Ethan Page as the mastermind. That's why I got confused, because they're both on the same show. <laughs> the consecutive night. Um, Eddie Kingston and Silas Young will, uh, I guess, continue their grudge match. Mm-hmm. It's been going on for quite a few months. And in a rematch from last month, uh, AAW's heavyweight champion Kevin Steen defends against Shane Hollister, the former champion, who will be accompanied as ever by Scarlett Bordeaux. Mm-hmm. Don't know why I said it like that. Are you? Pr- <laughs> I've got withdrawal oh. symptoms. Well, I know you have a thing for Scarlet, so that's probably what you said. <laughs> it's not. It's just she's. It's oh. You oh, oh. I, I missed the throw down, low down. I missed the throw down, low down. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> well, if you, anyway, um, well, if you follow her on Twitter, you can see her very frequently. Don't tempt me. Um, also set to be in action, uh, Matt Cage, the Heritage Champion, the Tag Team Champs uh, of uh, Kung Fu Manchu, of Lewis Linden and Marion Fontaine, uh, Michael Elgin, uh, Colt Cabana, Zero Gravity, Keith Walker, Dan Lawrence, Marcus Crane, and Ethan Page with more to be announced. Now, um, before we continue, um, originally, uh, Matt Cage was supposed to defend his Heritage title to take on Jim Time Miller, but uh, a couple of days ago, I believe there was was a death in the family from uh, Miller's, so he had to back out of the show, so he won't be there. But uh, definitely send your your thoughts and prayers to um, Miller's family. Absolutely. Um, definitely. Um, so, also set for this weekend, we have this Friday, uh, AIW's Dead Presidents happening at uh, Turner's Hall, Cleveland, Ohio. 
on 7325 Guthrie Avenue at the corner of Guthrie and 73rd. Uh, the show starting at 7.30, I think doors will probably open at about 7 or 6.30. It's normally around that time. Tickets on the door are going to be $20. Uh, but there's some very strong matches here if you are in the uh, Cleveland, Ohio area. Uh, there's going to be a six-way scramble featuring Flip Kendrick, Bobby Beverly, Colin Delaney, Marion Fontaine, Davey Vega, and Ty Colton. Gregory Al- Gregory Iron, sorry, will have his open challenge. Now you see. Now I'm wondering if that could be Elgin on that one. Mm. Well, who knows? I mean. Iron might, uh, once again, provoke some fans in the audience and they might take up on the challenge. You never know. Might be Davey Richards. Well, after what happened last year with AIW, I'm not sure that's going to happen. <laughs> true, yeah. Yeah, that's very true. Uh, you've also, also got the AIW tag team titles on the line in a four-way tag match. With uh, the Jollyville Fuckets defending against Euthanasia. Uh, also taking on the guys will be the submission squad of Evangelistico and Pierre Abernathy. And finally, um, and this is genius, <laughs> the hot young friends of Briley Pierce, a.k.a. Ziggler's brother. And... Uh, he isn't the bar now, honest Gary J. Yeah. <laughs> Great to see uh, Briley back in AIW. So this should be very interesting uh, with him teaming with uh, Gary J. Absolutely. Uh, we've also got Colt Cabana versus Tracy Smothers, which, wow. The, the way that Tracy Smothers calls out Colt Cabana with his family and whatever talking about boob sizes and jerking in their pantaloons and whatever it's seriously you know a a Lars von Trier movie makes more sense than that and if you've seen Antichrist with it's weird shit You've seen a lot. Tracy's mother's trumps that. <laughs> wow. Um, yeah, so... If he, if Cabana was grossed out by uh, Yaka, wait till he gets a load of Tracy's mother's. I'll tell you that. Um, anyway. Uh, you're going to have two AIW titles as well uh, on the line alongside the tag team belts you can have the intense title uh, match with Lewis Linden defending against Kevin Steen and then the AIW absolute title will see Ultramantis Black make his first defense against Johnny Gagano the hometown guy should be a good match Who's going to be booed? Who's going to be the heel in that one? Who knows? <laughs> yeah, it's, probably, That's... it's probably going to be a face versus face match. We've seen it before yeah. in AIW. Very true. And then, I guess, sort of the main event because of who who is in it. It's teacher versus student. Uh, 
as Tim Donst takes on his mentor, Chris Hero. Mm. And this is just after the pretty damn long feud he had with uh, Michael Hutter, a.k.a. Derek Bateman, a.k.a. um, the guy that stole the uh, angle from Zachary Swingate III from FWE. You're wrong promotion. <laughs> 2CW. 2CW, that's it. All these New York promotions. <laughs> Don't worry. I, yeah. I knew I couldn't say Fighting Spirit Wrestling. I knew that. Oh, my God. Oh, hey, it's, it's, I was going to say it's been a long week. It's been a long year. Um, also, it's four in the morning and yeah, you know, I had to. I had to be off to see Santa. Yeah, you know, I had. I had to be up to see him. And uh, little did I know, when he passed over America and Canada, somebody would kill him. Well done, Randy. Anyway, um, yeah, that's your uh, that's your lot for this week, and I guess for this year. I don't think there's any. The only matches happening like New Year's Eve just to uh, piss off people. <laughs> Oh, there's one thing that I will mention because it is mentioned in Steen's escapade. This Sunday, he and Cabana and Marty DeRosa. Oh, yeah. I think it's Marty DeRosa. Yeah. Are going to be at a bar in, I think it's, is it Chicago? No, it's going to be in Cleveland, Ohio. Oh, okay. I can't remember. I saw it about a day ago. Uh, But, uh, yeah, Cleveland, Ohio. It's going to be the old uh, angle that Colt Cabana has done for quite a few of his shows where he and a couple of guys will sit down and watch uh, Bad crappy crappy promos, crappy wrestling, crappy botches, all that kind of thing. And considering it's Steen and Marty and Colt, that's going to be like the Holy Trinity. So everybody should uh, try and go and see that. For, de- for definite. That, that's, that's your Christmas present. <laughs> and, uh, to answer your question, I'm pretty sure um, in Japan they're going to have like a New Year's Eve uh, indie wrestling show over there. Just generally, because that's obviously... There ain't going to be, I'm guessing, many people on it from New Japan, considering they're going to be busy three days later. No, no, it's just um, Big Japan, DDT, and uh, Kaitai Jojo. Yeah. And they're going to have it literally in the evening, leading to New Year's Day, as they've done in the past uh, four or five years. Yeah. I know they've they've done stuff like that, so yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if we see it again. Um, obviously, Raw is going to be live as well, but that's mainstream. We don't talk about that unless all of a sudden, you know, Sami Zayn gets on it, in which we'll talk about it every week. <laughs> uh, and yeah, I'm, sorry, bringing this up from last week. After seeing that bit with Cabana versus Steen, I still don't get the El Generico thing. Yeah, I don't get it either. 
But it happened. It happened. It his history has been it's in the record books or whatever you say. Anyway. Okay, so uh that is it from us, not only for this week, but also for this year. And I was gonna say this millennia, but uh we won't be coming back in the year three thousand. Um, no, uh, I'm pretty. Sure. We, we might be, if you're listening to this in 2013, and we're still around by the year 3000 via some miracle or something. Uh, congratulations! I don't know whether the archive of the internet is alive this long. Oh, well, all, I don't know. All 960 years. I'm pretty sure we'd be dead, but I'm gonna get an email now from somebody that's gonna say that they're from the year 4000. It's like well, I'm listening to you now. It's like. Well, the email is time dated the twenty seventh, the twenty seventh of December. <laughs> it ain't gonna work. Um, anyway, uh, yeah, that's all for twenty thirteen in the wrestling. Well, I guess it is and it isn't because next week in twenty fourteen we'll be talking about twenty thirteen year in review and obviously the results from all this week's shows. And looking ahead to, as I say, the future with some of the stuff with the wrestling things, but also next week, uh, the big one really being New Japan's uh, Wrestle Kingdom 8, is it, or 9? Number 8. Number 8. Okay. Well, if it was number 9, I could have just done a random (laughs) Beatles clip for five minutes. That random revolution number nine from the White Album. Well, we'll do- I only bring up the Beatles because that's song of the night. But anyway. Well, we'll do that in two years' time. Yeah, we'll do that in 2015. <laughs> yeah, you heard it here last. Um, anyway, uh, yeah, that's it from us for this week, this year. I've said that for a third or fourth time. Uh, so make sure you check out all the other shows here on the network. You've got... Uh, Unplugged with Jeff and Bronx. Next year. Uh, yeah, next year. <laughs> You're just doing this. Un- hang on. We've got that. We've got uh, Running the Ropes next year. Uh, we've, next got year. Beyond- <laughs> we've got Beyond the Bow next year. Or maybe next year. Uh, we'll possibly got Beyond the Bow next year. We've got Getting the Zone definitely next year. Um,. We've got, I'm guessing probably with all the Doctor Who stuff, we're probably going to have a, a Leap Force podcast still this year. Nerds. <laughs> I'm guessing. I can tell you for a fact that you are getting another SNS Dicks and Flicks this year. I'm making up for lost time. There you go. I'll probably do five episodes over the next five days just to confuse everybody. Um, <laughs> or whatever, but... Uh, Anyway, that is all your shows that are coming this year slash next year. Uh, Oh, and also Sunday Night Showdown, which won't be back until the end of January when uh, Jake the Snake Roberts makes his return. Because technically that's indie wrestling, because I don't think he's wrestled for a major company professionally in... What last time he was in WWE was oh 
five, wasn't it? Yeah, something like that. Fair. Nine years, I think that classifies as an indie. <laughs> anyway, um, how can people get in contact with us over the uh, Christmas New Year period if they want to, if they're not drunk from their sorrows by Randy killing Santa? Well, if they're sober enough to do that, uh, you can find us on Facebook by liking us there at uh, www.facebook.com slash the whole indie show. You could uh, follow us on Twitter at TWIS underscore podcast. Uh, you could also send us an email. Just send an email to whole at com. And uh, you can also find our podcast on iTunes and Stitcher just by searching The Whole Indie Show. And uh, you can leave us a rating. And you can also leave us feedback there as well. Yeah, make sure you put a review saying this isn't as good as Steve Austin's Colt Cabanas or Chris Jericho's podcast. Or, but it's number four. Or JR's <laughs> podcast that apparently will, is going to happen. I, number five. <laughs> um, no, Unplugged is better than us. Number six. Um, <laughs> well, I don't know. I don't know about that. We're getting into double figures. Um, oh no, now we're in triple figures. Um, anyway, uh, song of the night this week mainly because uh, if I played it on sticks and flicks, it wouldn't be relevant enough. But also because of other stuff happening in wrestling this past week. Uh, finally. Wrestling has a British champion. His name is Magnus, which is a bit of a surprise. But it's something I didn't know until hearing it on the uh, hearing it on uh, a show or something somewhere over the last day or so. The twenty sixth of December, nineteen sixty three, was the Beatles' U.S. release of "I Want to Hold Your Hand." And it was that track that started Beatlemania. And to be honest, if you didn't have that track, you wouldn't have had Jimmy Hart reaching number one in the charts. And you wouldn't have the, uh, the I guess, the British invasion of talent over many years in anything. Because once they made it in Britain, pretty much everybody uh, made it in America. Apart from who, who didn't make it in America? I'm trying to think. We're out of time here. Yeah. <laughs> We're not out. Well, no, Hall and Oates wasn't. Oh, no way. Hall and Oates weren't British. Anyway. Um, it's the Beatles I want to hold your hand to close out this year of sorts, I guess. I don't know. I'm losing track of time. I'm sleepy. I'm going to hibernate for another year. I'll see you in 2015. Um, Sandra's going to do the show for the rest of the 2014 on his own. <laughs> he isn't, I think. I don't know. Yeah, I don't have to anyway. That. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. That was Sandro. This was Ashley. And all of that has been your yearly slice of indie goodness. Uh, we'll see you next week when uh, one of the digits will have changed on the calendar. No, hang on. No, they'll quite... It'll be 2014. I got confused. Good night and happy new year. Until next year. Free AK-47 for life. (laughs) 